Welcome back to And Also with Gabby and Christine. I hate this book. We, for some reason, we're putting ourselves through the torture of having to read Life and Death when we hate it. We hate it so much. So much. We hate it a lot. Very much. But here we are. Hi. Hi. Uh, we're back, torturing ourselves one and, more and time. And you probably. And you too. Um, Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined, There's a Gender Swap Across the Board. Okay, so... The last episode we did, there was a metal scene, which was really weird. Bo was a, the strangest boy in all the forks. Um, and now, they're going home. So, you know, actually, hold on real quick. You know what I was thinking? The next chapter is when they meet the Cullens. Yeah. And the beginning of that chapter is, like, this entire focus on, um, on Bella's uh, khaki skirt. So, I wonder what's going to be... What's going to be oh, in Bo's... Our, in our... No, 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 I'm just wondering, what, what's going to be Bo's khaki skirt? What's going to be the thing that he wears that gets Edith going, you know? Ahuga, <laughs> You know? So, yeah. I was thinking about that, and I was like, I wonder what, I haven't read about, I read it. No, we haven't. <laughs> we haven't read it. We haven't read ahead, so we don't know. Um, but here, this. Um, they're driving home. <laughs> they're driving home. And Edith puts on the radio, and I hate it. I hated it when Edward did it. I hate it now. She puts on the oldie station, and they're playing 50s music. And it's, why is this a thing? It's like you said, he's he's been alive this entire time, but he's he's now living in modern times. Like, why this insistence on making him seem like this grandfatherly figure? And now, for Edith, this, like... I was going to ask if this happened in Twilight. And yes. I, I, yeah, okay. And not just that, but it was, I think I found it a little more annoying when Edith did it because it says that she was singing and her voice was perfect, perfect. Meanwhile, her voice was soaring an octave above the melody. So she was out of tune. She was off pitch. So she was out of tune. So she wasn't singing with, huh? So Patsy Clown was kicking hot. <laughs> is what you're saying. And so I just I hate it. And better just, than she's like I I like it better than the '60s and '70s music. She shuddered delicately. I'm sorry, you're too good for the what's it been '60s? You're too good for the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, and the Beatles. <laughs> Christine, <laughs> you're too good for the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, and then Abba. <laughs> you're too Abba. good for Abba. Not Abba. I don't think so. You are a disco ball. You are not too good for Abba. Excuse us. She's um, like, they never got, they never, they, they never gave me any. Hi, this is the Paramore claim. They never gave me any rights on their songs, and they were singing about me. I am the dancing queen. <laughs> and they should have credited me. Is all I'm saying. Okay. My publicist is wiling right now. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Publisher. Whatever. That's how much I care about. That's how much I care. Right. So, misery business slaps. Let's not let's not get confused. It slaps. Minus the misogyny, but so a little bit of misogyny <laughs> just as a treat. <laughs> just, just as a treat. Right, we could go off into a whole other podcast, like devolve into a whole different type of podcast. Yeah. If we get into the topic of like how I think older artists need to just calm down. Okay. Wow. Speaking of older artists, um, so I'm going to be doing a lot of comparison. I know I already do between Twilight and Life and Death, but there's a lot of differences between the way certain things are expressed and, and spoken about. So 
Um, <laughs> Express and <laughs> spoken insert <out>. synonym. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're so annoying. So or anyway. irritating. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> so, so, so you got me all confused. <laughs> so, Bo, shut up. So, Bo tells Edith, like, are you ever going to tell me how old you are? And she's like, does it matter very much? And so his reaction is, no, but I want to know everything about you. Bella's reaction was like, no, but I still wonder. There's nothing like an unsolved mystery to keep you up at night. Good rewrite. Good rewrite. First time I'm going to say this, Stephanie, good rewrite. Because that was so corny. That was so Nancy Drew. Oh my gosh. That was so... Anyway. That was like her... She's like, what's a, what's a, what's a cool girl thing to say to something like that? And, and she missed and, the and, mark entirely. No, no, not for Edward. Edward's like, Nancy Drew. Oh. No! That, you know Nancy Drew came out in the 50s. Yeah. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Um. Anyway, so. They go into... Um, Nancy Drew have you like well actually <laughs> Nancy right. first appeared with the what, what are the boys what are the brothers the Hardy Boys with the Hardy Boys in 1950 47 anyway okay none of this is real none of it um so he asked her tell me more about yourself and she's like well I was born in Chicago in 1901 and she says the whole story Kareen which is the horrible girl named for Carlisle uh, found me in a hospital I was dying of the Spanish flu my parents had already died, and that's when Kareen saved me. This is the same thing over again. Kareen didn't save you. Mm-hmm. She didn't save you. You were you were on death's door. She should have let you die. <laughs> that's the natural course of things. You live, you die. Okay. Right. Right. It's okay. Vampires are unnatural, right? Like, <laughs> come on. But anyway, really? You <laughs> shut up, so? shut up. You, this is my hot take of the week. Thank you very much. Vampires, mm, something's wrong with that. Why would you say something so <laughs> controversial yet so brave? Someone had to say it. Someone had, Someone to, say had it. to say it. I'm so glad it's, you did. It's not natural. What were we saying? Uh, you know, vampires. It's not natural. It's not vampires. What's up with that? <laughs> Right. It's not natural. Let the girl die. But yeah. she didn't. Kareen came in. She, uh, quote unquote, saved her life. And so then she says, that's why she chose me in all the chaos of the epidemic. No one would realize I was gone. And that's not the serve. You think it is, Edith. It definitely, it wasn't the serve. Edward thought it was. And it's like, you're not making the case for Kareen being a good person. Also, is it just me or did Carlisle feel like more of a person involved in the story than Kareen feels in life and death? At this point. Yeah. That could also be, I was thinking about this, it could also be because we know Carlisle from the movie. So, so we have like a, we have a, a, a face to put in the name. Right. Maybe that's why Kareem feels kind of like this off figure, you know, this figure off like in the... Maybe. Do you want me to, let's, let's, I'll Google some, Im- go ahead. Okay. I'll Google some images of like fan art for life and, and death. So okay, cool. Kareen, see if Kareen is more real. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then she's, she's like, that's why she chose me. And then she says, she, she claims that Kareen has always been the most humane and the most compassionate of all of them. But then she goes on to like two paragraphs later to say, she acted from loneliness. That's usually the reason behind the choice. I was the first in Kareen's family though, although she found Esther soon, Esther, Ernest soon after he fell from a cliff. Now here's the thing. Oh, that's, I like that casting. Sorry. Somebody said Rosamund Pike as Kareen. 
I don't hate that. I don't hate that either. Okay. Okay, let's go with All that. All right, Kareem. Now she's more real to me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the brain, right? All right, so she, what she did, she said she did it out of loneliness. And it's like, you mean selfishness. Like, you know, we know her, we know her story, which we're going to go into that later on because that's Carla's story and Kareem's story supposedly is going to be the same, so we'll see. But she... She did this out of selfishness because she didn't want to be alone. But did she really enjoy being a vampire? Like, is this something that she's like, yo, this is lit. I need to get more people on my squad. Let me hook more people up. Right. Um, I don't think so. But she's like, she. so she explains to him, you know, we, that she and Ernest were both dying when Corrine did, did uh, quote unquote, save them. Mm-hmm. And then, so Bo is trying to figure out how someone becomes a vampire. He goes, oh, so you have to be dying. And Edith is like, no, that's just Kareen. She would never do that to someone that had who had another choice, any other choice. What choice? What? Who made the choice? Who made the choice? Did she roll up on Edith and go, hey, girl, you trying to shuffle off this mortal coil and your eternal suffering? Or live forever? Be conscious, but not eternal suffering, mortal suffering. Do you want to be conscious forever? Do you want to see the world die before you as an eternal being did she offer that choice no but i I, yeah so i think it's like it's it's stated wrong like it's misstated who had another like opportunity who had another like who could have gone possibility now you're saying stephanie meyer misstated something Mm -hmm. wow i know it's crazy i mean you can't say that she did this when they had no other choice because they didn't choose this and she references this idea of not choosing this a little bit later on, too. So it's like, what's the point? Why are, you, why are you even going into all this? So then he's like, what about Eleanor and Royal? And so she explains how Kareem got Royal basically as a boo for her. Uh-huh. It just didn't work out. No, but check her out. She goes, but he was never more than a brother. You know, <laughs> you know, methinks the lady doth protest too much. I don't know how many times in this chapter... This girl gonna say, but Royal's just a friend. He's just a friend. He's just a brother. Royal's just a brother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I... Royal, the potential underwear model, like, Royal with the swimmer's body, Royal. Yeah, just that, a that Royal. That Royal. <laughs> that Royal. Also, he's, like, 14 feet tall, so, like, I get it. Like, I feel like she very quick, she jumped, like, he didn't even get to fully register what she was saying before. She's like, but he was, like, a brother. Right, yeah. Like, he's just, like, he's just, he's just a brother yeah. to me. And he, honestly, even if he wasn't a brother to me, like, ew. Ew, he's, like, disgusting. Good-looking, attractive, super hot, great build, super It's athletic. not my type. It's just not what I go for. It's not what makes he's me not- go, oh, God. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. In any case, Royal ain't it. <sighs> um, and I'm, part of me is, like, girl... Girl, you don't have to lie. Y'all were together. Y'all were together. And it's okay. Because if y'all weren't together, y'all got some explaining to do. If y'all weren't together, y'all desperately want to be together. Because the the antagonism. Okay? The antagonism between these two. At the thought of him being... Yes, I'm from New York. I don't know if you knew this. At the thought of him... Of her being with another dude... It just, Royal's highly upset. And I get it. Rosalie was also very upset. There's still but some, there was that there's attack. A little, yes, there there's was a little, little, there's a little je ne sais quoi. You know what I'm saying? It, it, Between Royal 
and what's this girl's name? Edith. And Edith. So, but here's the that thing. That did not exist between Rosalie and Edward. There was true antagonism between Rosalie and Edward. You could tell they didn't like each other off rip. Like, they didn't like each other personally. <laughs> they did not like each other as people. Like, if they if they had options, if they had choice, they would not know each other, those two. There was a clear, defined antagonism as individuals. Like, I don't like you because of the type of person you choose to be. Right. That existed between Edward and Rosalie. Mm-hmm. Between Edith and Royal... It ain't that, baby. It ain't that. But not just that, but between Edith and Royal, it's it's more it's more personal because like she she talks about like fighting, like actually fighting with Royal. Hello? <laughs> and Edward didn't have that with, with Rosalie. Passion. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hate you. He gets so upset, almost like he feels like he owns her in some way. And like that's first of all trash, right? Because he doesn't own her. He doesn't own her as her brother. He certainly doesn't own her as her previous man. They don't, like, there's no owning women. However, his attitude about Bo and this kind of like, yo, who is this guy? There's a jealousy it's, there. Hello? There's a jealousy there. It's not brotherly. <laughs> it's not brother. I got a brother, okay? I got a brother. <laughs> and I know how brothers act. It ain't brotherly. His attitude is very much, and who are you? Who's, his attitude is very much, you know, she went away to college and came back for Thanksgiving with her, her man that she met at college. And, like, they've been dating and it's been real hot and heavy for the last few months. And then she brought him back home for the holidays. And he's like, and who's this jokester? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the energy. And and when I say he's like, who's this jokester? Not as her brother. As the boyfriend that she left because he was, he was going to stay in the town and she was going off. And, like, he, you know, the family loves him. The family invites him over, blah, blah, blah. And then she walks in with her new her new man who, like, you know, reads, I don't know, wh- you know, what's his name? Chauncer with her. And he's there, like, okay, and? You know what I'm saying? That's I, the energy. That's the energy. I'm going to have to deviate this back. Sorry. <laughs> you wrote a one shot just now. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring this back. Sorry. I just feel very strongly about the fact that they're trying to hide this. They were together. A, a royal and an Edith Be Trisa. real. I know. Okay. Yeah. They were I together. Know. I, know. I know. I know. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Um. <laughs> so she explains like, well, since since Royal and I didn't hit it off and we didn't get together, then he found Eleanor, and he brought her back, and he was afraid to change her, and so he had Kareem do it. I find it a little weird, and I don't know. I don't think I made a note of this. I find it a little weird that he that Eleanor was injured. There was blood everywhere, and he had the strength to bring her all the way. It was like 100 miles or something like that. To bring her to Kareen, for Kareen to change her. First of all, that Eleanor didn't die on the trip, um, but also that he didn't... Well, he probably, you know, super speed. He warped. Yeah, but but you know when, when someone gets injured at a crime at, at a scene? Not a crime scene. Someone gets injured at a scene, yeah, they I say don't, don't touch them. Okay, they say don't touch them uh-huh. because you could make something worse. Yeah. Kind of like that. Like, right, but if also, you warp speed over 100 miles, I feel like she's still going to die. Right. That's fair. But also, if his, in his mind, he's like, she's going to die anyway. So she's going to well die and become a vampire or she's going to die and just die. Okay. So regardless of, like, what potentially could have happened to her on the way there. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Okay. So he's asking all these questions and he goes, what about Archie and Jessamy? He also didn't ask any follow-up questions about Ernest, but we'll get to that. Um, 
Uh, what about Archie and Jessamine? Edith is like, they're, they're two rare creatures. They found, they both develop a conscience on their own and they found each other and they came and they found us. She says, Jessamine belonged to another dot 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 family, a very different kind of family. Here's my question. What is Jessamine's backstory? Mm-hmm. What is Jessamine's backstory? Because I know she wasn't no Confederate soldier. Mm-hmm. Hmm? She was, um, she was a lady in, you know, the South. Like, she was one of them... She was the daughter of the Confederacy. Yeah, mm, it still don't tra- it, it doesn't translate. You know what I mean? Like, Not it doesn't sure. translate. It, also, royal story doesn't translate because it does. No, that's why it, she only wrote the first book because like it does not translate. It across. doesn't work, right? It doesn't. Anyway, so I was just like, hmm, I wonder what Jessamine was. Was she a what you call her daughter of the Revolution? She was the daughter of the Confederacy, not the Revolution. There you go. Daughter of the of the Confederacy. They say something like she had influence. So I am assuming. What? She, I'm assuming she was, let's be honest, I'm assuming she was probably the daughter of a of a plantation owner. Because mm. unless she goes, all right, having one of my main Her name would be guys, Jessamine. Her name. Right, but having one of my main good guys be tied so closely and affectionately to slavery and the South's uprising and all that... Um, that may, that's not it. That's not the move. Like, maybe I need to move in a different direction. I don't know if that's still the direction that she kept Jessamine in, but, like... I think that there... Because later on in, in Twilight, later on while she's with them, like, at the airport... um, Sorry, at the at the hotel, there's more history of what happened with Jasper. Yeah. So we'll see if there's more history about what happened with Jessamine. Yeah. Okay. So I was just like, hmm, okay. Okay, girl. Now here's my other question. He says... Not he, sorry. Edith says that Archie always knows, for example, when another group of our kind is coming near and any threat they may pose, but they got the drop on you in the field. Because baseball is live. (laughs) So she explains further, like, nomad vampires and people like them and uh, vampires like them and, like, the choices they made, all that stuff. So they finally get home and she's like, can I come in? And he goes, yeah, come in. So she goes, she opens the door and she turns the lights on the side. Now, here's kind of a red flag. Just a little red flag. She met me at the door. It was so surreal to see her inside my house, framed by the boring physical details of my humdrum life. I remembered a game my mother used to play with me when I was maybe four or five. One of these things is not like the others. First of all, can I say playing one of these things is not like the others as a game with your four or five-year-old? Um... Can we talk about hypervigilance? Can we talk about instilling hypervigilance in a child? Mm-hmm. She, even if she wasn't trying to, this woman was traumatizing him all she, the time. She was setting him on the road to, like, deep-rooted anxiety. Yes. And just, like, dissociating and, uh, like, what? What are you doing? But that's, so that's a problem. Like, you could have just as easily have played I Spy. Like, you know, like, right. I Spy with my little eye. Like, and then... And then in that, you're, like, honing their, like, ability to sort of, like, focus in on things and, like, draw details. Huh? <laughs> one of these things is not like the others? No. That's a skip, hop, and jump away from one of these things doesn't belong. You're gonna, you're, you're traumatizing the boy. But aside from that, and that's a problem, the red flag here is he sees her standing <laughs> in the doorway and he's reminded of his mother? No. Bo, no. Bo, come on. You have to do better, Bo. It's typical, man. You have to do better. And then he goes, because his no, son... No, wait, so then, sorry. Then 
She's like, you're hungry, right? And then she led the way to the yeah. kitchen as if she'd been there a million times before. That's not charming, fam. No. I would be crawling out of my skin if somebody walked into my house like they knew everything in my house and I've never invited them in. And also, she says, I opened the door using the key under the eve. And he's like, I never used that key in front of her. My guy, the alarm bells should be going off right now. Yeah. But they're not. They're not. And so then he goes, he says, I stood there for a moment trying to wrap my mind around her presence here in the middle of Mundania. <laughs> Come on. Bo, you have to be less pretentious. <laughs> you have to be less pretentious. You have to. You must. <laughs> and so then she goes. I don't think he feels the same. No. She's like, eat something. And then he takes out the lasagna. He puts a square of lasagna. This is important. Sorry. He puts a square of lasagna. He goes, you know what? I'm actually really hungry. He, t- he clears out the rest of the lasagna and puts it to heat up. He starts to have it. Okay. I ain't gonna hold you. If I'm Charlie. And it comes up later. Yeah. If I'm Charlie and you eat all the leftovers, we having words. <laughs> I'm sorry. And so he's like, this... And I was actually really hungry. This whole conversation, so so this, I want to tell you, this whole conversation does not happen. Oh, yeah? In Twilight. This whole thing, she's like, does it taste good? And he's like, yeah, do you miss anything about being human? Like, any, any like, um, specific taste? Like, any, any favorite foods? And she's like, no, I don't really remember food. She said, the only thing that I, I'm jealous of um, that humans can do is sleep. It would be nice to be, you know, unconscious she for some time. never-ending consciousness gets tedious. I think I'd enjoy temporary oblivion. And so I miss microdosing death. <laughs> That's not original. I didn't just think of that. I saw like a TikTok where <laughs> this guy was like, <laughs> oh, it's like one of those TikToks where it's like God and Gabriel and he's like, give them sleep. And Gabriel's like, okay, great. And what does that do? It will rejuvenate them and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, microdosing death. And Gabriel's like, huh? Huh? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So she's like. So that whole conversation about what she misses about being a, a, a human or, like, you know, how her memories fade and all that stuff, that didn't happen in Twilight. Immediately in Twilight, the conversation goes from, she says, was the door unlocked? In Twilight. And he goes, no, I used the key under the E. So she goes, mm, I was sure I never used that key in front of him. And then he goes, I was curious about you. And then he goes and explains to her how he's been coming into her house every night. So there was no preamble. Like, there was no, like, oh, yeah, I don't miss anything about being human except, you know, sleep. Ah, ha, ha, ha. While we're on the topic of sleep, I'll be watching you sleep, baby. There was no preamble. He was like, yeah, I was curious about you. And I was like, that's kind of a a sharp left there, Edward. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so, also, also, I need to point out. Okay, hold on. Let me. I think, I think Stephanie learned that it was weird that he was watching Bella sleep. I, I feel like she, she had to learn this. Right, exactly. I, the fact that she had to learn it is ridiculous. But I feel like she learned because she says to him, he, she says, he says, what do you do at night? And she goes, uh, she gets kind of shifty, you know, because she watches and sleeps. She doesn't yeah. want to tell him. And he goes, she's like, like, you know, just like a general. He's like, no, like, like, what are you going to do tonight when you leave here? She's like, uh, okay. Do you want a pleasant lie or a possibly disturbing truth? And I'm going to tell you something. That is the correct response. Actually, and, and, and it's missing a little something because possibly disturbing. No, take out the possibly. It has a little something extra. Take out the possibly. It is definitely disturbing. Okay. And he's like, mm, I want the truth. She at least sounded a little bit remorseful for what she was doing. Yeah. Right. Ed was like, I was curious about you. And she's like, meaning what? <laughs> he's like, I'll be watching you sleep now. 
She said, I'll come back here after you and your father asleep. It's sort of my routine lately. He's like, you come here? And she says, almost every night. Why? You're interesting when you sleep. You talk. His mouth falls open. He's all flustered because he's like, oh, crap. What have I been saying? But Bella, my girl Bella, <laughs> my girl Bella I remember that. said, you spied on me? But somehow I couldn't infuse my voice with the proper outrage. I was flattered. He was unrepentant. <laughs> what else is there to do at night? Not this ever. Okay, see, now here's the thing. I think that she... Y'all are useless. Can I just... I'm so sorry. Y'all are useless. You don't even sleep. You don't rest. You literally have 24 hours in the day, and none of y'all could, like, I don't know, find a cure for cancer. None of y'all could... I, I don't know. The like, best you can do with 24 consecutive hours in a day for eternity is be a teenager repeatedly for the for, for, for eternity? In perpetuity? No. No, no, no. no. And no. I just, and it's like, because, okay, vampires in general, right? If vampires needed to rest, then, then they only get a certain amount of hours, right? Yeah. In the day, just like everybody else. Uh-huh. And if they're planning, if they're trying to live a life, sem- some semblance of normalcy, right? I can understand. You're spending those hours with the people that you want to be around and, like, mm-hmm. the people you love. Yeah. And then in your nighttime, you sleep. Because what, cause what else are you going to do? But these vampires don't have to sleep. So you have, let's call it 8 to 12, man. Let's call it, let's call it 6 to 9 good hours of uninterrupted doing nothing. And y'all can't do something for the greater good. You know, your idea of, hello, <laughs> why is there a helicopter? Not, they're trying to find the reasoning. Right. They're, right now they're looking for the reasons why the Cullens didn't like find something helpful. Or useful to society And at productive. All. It's like, okay, so do you know that the eight, so eight hours at work, eight hours at home, and eight hours for sleep, like, peop- unions fought for this. Right. And you guys just what? <laughs> you guys just piss away 24 hours in a day? You stalk children? You stalk children. That's what you do. That's what Disgusting. you do. Disgusting. Instead of turning people into vampires during the Spanish influenza, why wasn't Korean finding the vaccine for the Spanish influenza? Huh? 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 I don't understand. I don't understand either. Maybe they just don't care. They, I don't think they care. I don't think they care. I don't think they care. They're a bunch of uh, um, oli- oligarchs and, and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. You know what? Yes. Now, <laughs> back to Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> back to Stephanie Meyer, who I feel like she may- maybe she learned. Maybe she learned that this was not okay. Mm-hmm. And that's why she made Edith be a little more remorseful. And she... she Broach the subject with a little more tact, a little more like, okay, this is not normal, I know, but like, I'm obsessed with you, whatever it but is. Also, the problem there, though, is that we'll never know if that's the case. Right. Because we will always wonder, is it because, as a girl, she couldn't just flat out be like, yeah, I watch you when you sleep. But here's the thing. I will not give her the benefit of the doubt ever. So I will say that it is not because she learned her lesson. Because if, if it was that she learned her lesson, why wasn't Bo flattered? It was because Edith is actually a lot more self-aware than Edward was. Edward was Edward was like, first of all, okay, so Edward Edward is so cheesy. Reading Edith, and maybe that's why we're, we're like, oh, there's something missing. There's something missing in like Edith and in Bo. There's something. Yeah. There's something. It's because Edward was 
on paper, he was a soap star on paper. He was cheesy, he was corny, and he was doing so much. And Edith isn't doing that. Edith is actually doing, even the things that she's doing wrong, she's being very clear and direct about those things in a way that Edward was not doing. And so when he's like, yeah, I watch his lead, whatever. Like, there's, she says he's unrepentant. And are we supposed to find that charming? Are we supposed to think, oh, that's, <laughs> he just watches his CPT. No, no. Again, it's because Edith is a girl and she has to be more, obliging more defer but deferential to her to her partner yeah so then he's upset because <laughs> he's like oh gosh i i talked to my sleep so i can't even imagine what i said he's like how do you where do you wh what did i he can't even finish his thoughts because he's so upset about it and then she tells him don't be upset i didn't mean any harm i promise i was very much in control of myself if i thought there was any danger i would have left immediately i just wanted to be near wanted to be where you were Edward doesn't say any of that. Mm -hmm. Edward's focus, because she's so upset about what she might have said, Edward goes, well, you say my name and you dream about me, but don't be, a, don't be ashamed because if I could dream, I would dream of you. He doesn't address at all the danger that he puts her in by coming there at night. And Edith is addressing that because Edith is conscious of the fact that he might be upset about that. Edith is conscious of the fact that this is something that he could possibly be worrying about. Something he should be worrying about. And she's like, don't worry. If I really thought that we were going to be in danger, I would leave. And he's like, that's not why I'm tripping. I'm tripping because what did you hear? <laughs> and I am embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm not worried. And so then he says, that's not what I'm worried about. And she says, what are you worried about? He's like, what did I say? And she goes, you miss your mother. When it rains. God knows why. And then now the thing is, he, he, she says, you miss your mother. Edward says, you miss your mother. You worry about her. Now, here's the thing. This is something I found kind of interesting. Bo asks her, Bo asks her, what did I say? And she goes into this whole, you miss your mother. Now, here's the difference about how, how that happens in Twilight. You miss your mother, he whispered. You worry about her. And when it rains, the sound makes you restless. You used to talk about home a lot, but it's less often now. This whole thing of being, like, super soft and trying to, like, seduce her. Like, sir. Sir. No. It's really gross. Please stop. And so she tells him, don't be self-conscious. You already told me that you dream about me. So don't be self-conscious about it. And I would dream about you if I could. And so he says, I stroked her hair. I guess. I would be like, drop acid. <laughs> drop acid for me and see if, if you if That you is so toxic. Oh, my God. But they can't take acid, can't they? Can they, can they not take any drugs? Listen, there's no rules. There's a, he got her pregnant. That's true. That's there's true. no rules here. There's a wild, wild west. That's true. It's whatever Stephanie Meyer wants. That's right. that's what happens. And if Stephanie Meyer is well, they would not drop acid. No. So he says, I stroked her hair. <laughs> so toxic. <laughs> I stroked her hair. I guess I really didn't mind. When it came down to it, it wasn't like I expected her to follow normal human rules anyway. The rules she made for herself seemed like enough. They're not. They're not. At all. Okay, now, this whole bit with Charlie is so weird. Charlie gets home, <laughs> and he goes... As soon as he comes in, he, he walks goes, in the door. The first thing he says, <laughs> "Did you eat all the lasagna?" <laughs> and now the thing is, like, okay, fine, sure. You got you get you came home. You're tired. You're hungry. And he goes, "Oh, sorry. Here, have some." He goes, "No worries, Bo. I'll make myself a sandwich." And then he proceeds to slam around the kitchen. <laughs> but here's the thing: he comes in. Sorry, and that was loud. <laughs> he comes in in twilight. He sees Bella eating a lasagna, a piece of lasagna, and he goes. 
oh, can you get me? Can you make me some? And I'm like, the vibe was different. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that he saw that, obviously he sees Bo's plate. He sees Bo ate all of his lasagna, which is why he asked. But the vibe was different. He's like, he as soon as he comes in, he's like, oh, can you make me some? I'm starving. Also, why didn't Bella eat all, all the all the lasagna? Are you kidding? Why didn't Bella eat all the lasagna? She and and stuff her face in front of her man. Yes, the lasagna. I would eat all the lasagna. <laughs> I would have ate the lasagna, made some garlic I'm bread. My, I'm making my blood rich for you. <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of cholesterol? Bobby, this is for you. Listen. That's the seasoning. That's the, seasoning. That's the flavor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, so they go to this whole thing where he goes, how was your day? He goes, um, did you really get everything that you wanted to get done? Um, Charlie asked. He goes, not really. It was too nice to stay indoors. Were the fish biting? Yep. They like good weather too. Ha ha ha. Okay. Got plans for tonight? You look kind of keyed up. And he's like, mm, really? He goes, it's Saturday. He goes, I guess you're missing that, that dance tonight. As intended. I said, he nodded, sure, dancing, I get it. But maybe next week you could take that Newton girl out for dinner or something. Get out of the house. Socialize. I told you she's dating my friend. He frowned. Well, there's lots of other fish in the sea. Not at the rate you're going. He laughed. I do my best. So you're not going out tonight? He asked again. Nowhere to go, I told him. Besides, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed early again. I got up and took my plate to the sink. Uh-huh, he said, chewing thoughtfully. None of the girls in town are your type, eh? I shrugged as I scrubbed the plate. I could feel him staring at me, and I tried really hard to keep the blood out of my neck. I wasn't sure I was succeeding. Don't be too hard in a small town, he said. I know we don't have the, ra- the variety of a big city. There's plenty of variety, Dad. Don't worry about me. Okay, okay, none of my business anyway. He sounded kind of dejected. I sighed. Well, I'm done. I'll see you in the morning. Nipo. Okay, so first of all, it's weird for you to be like, don't knock what we have to offer. Don't, don't knock the small town pickings, okay? We got girls just like in the big city. That's weird. Charlie, it's weird. But also, that whole conversation went so different with Bella. The main part, the main part, I want, I want to just skip to the end. The main part of that conversation being completely different with Bella. He says, none of the boys in town are your type, eh? No, none of the boys have caught my eye yet. I thought maybe that Mike Newton, you said he was friendly. He's just a friend, Dad. Well, you're too good for them all anyway. Wait till you get to college to start looking. And then Bella's thoughts are, every father's dream, that his daughter will be out of the house before their hormones kick in. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What is up with this? Yep. What is up with this? Why can't Charlie be protective of his little boy? Right. The way that he was protective of his little girl. Right. Somebody got to protect Bo. Facts. These girls are out here. These, okay? 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 <laughs> it's the 21st century. <laughs> okay? The girls are going to get what they want. <laughs> They're shooting their shots. Okay? Okay. DMs left and right. All right. Okay? There's a girl in his bed right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. You know how often she's in there? Every, every day. Night. Every night. Mm-hmm. Every night. Every night. Okay? Okay. But Charlie. he's not worried about that. He's like, oh, don't look down on our small town. What a strange Charlie's thing to say. Like, Charlie's like, please don't be gay. Please don't be gay. Please don't be gay. Please don't be gay. <laughs> you don't like any of these girls? <laughs> Is there something you want to tell me, though? <laughs> He's like, is, is it because we don't have the variety of a big city? Please say it's because we don't have the variety of a big city. <laughs> and Bo's like, the variety's just fine. He's like, oh, God. Um, anything, you have anything to share with me, Bo? Look at me. Anything to share? Bo, I'm your dad. I love you. I love you, and I will love you regardless. I just need to know. I just need to know. I just need to know. I just, I just, I just. If you don't know. like any of these girls, what do you like, Bo? Let's start there. What do you like, Bo? But what do you like? <laughs> okay. Okay. So then he goes up to his room. She's laying in his bed. And he goes, 
he realizes, I just had a crap ton of lasagna. Let me go brush my teeth. And so then he goes, let me go have a, mu- a human moment. She goes, sure. And he says, I grab my pajamas out of their drawer and hurry to the bathroom. Do y'all remember where Bella got her pajamas from? Off the floor. Off the floor. Like in, a heathen. In front of her boo. She, like oh. a heathen. <laughs> and I'm like, not you only putting one, demurely putting only one piece of lasagna on your plate. But then you pick right. up your pajamas off the floor. Right. She's like, I need to go have a human moment. Is that moment disgusting? <laughs> Is that, I'm not going to go into it because we already talked about this, but off the floor, Bella. Off the floor. Off the floor, listen. Good for you, Bo. You're a good boy. You put your pajamas in the drawer. <laughs> she at least could have had a He's chair. He's also neurotic, though, Yes, right? I know. She could have at least had a chair. We all have the chair. We all have the chair. Okay, but the floor? No. Anyway, so then he goes, he just I mean, what do you expect from a, a, a girl who sleeps in the clothes? Like, she was at the yeah. beach and slept Ooh, in right. sandy clothes. So he says, he puts on a t-shirt that he says that it's a barbecue place. It has a smiling pig between two bun- two buns. He says, I wish I had something less da-da-da me. How sad is that? No, honey. I was like, the hell are you talking about? First of all, this shirt is not giving me bow vibes. No, it's not. That's, for- that's first. Also, she Second, likes you. She likes, right. She like, likes what do you, you. What do you mean? And so then she comes, he comes to the room and she makes a comment about the t-shirt. And he's like, oh. But the comment she's making is like, should that pig be so happy about being food? <laughs> And he's like, I mean, she... The subplot. <laughs> the subplot. That's the subplot. <laughs> the subtext. The subtext. You're right. The subtext. That's the subtext. Him being happy about being food. And he goes... Subplot. <laughs> right? Like... You're thinking about Twelfth Night? Yes. No. Always. Um, And then he's like, what did I ever do to deserve this? Blah, blah, blah. They have a moment. Mm-hmm. Right? They have, like, this physical intimacy mm-hmm. moment. Uh... More descriptive. I don't want to say. I don't want to say that it was. It was more than what Edward and Bella did, but it was more. It's definitely more descriptive. Right. Right. And he starts shaking. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes like a little chihuahua. <laughs> she goes <laughs> too excited. <laughs> it's like the dogs when they see their food coming out. Yeah. And they just start like. <laughs> she goes, "You're cold." And he goes, "Um." And she's like, "Like you're shaking. You're shivering." He's like, "I don't think it's from the cold." That didn't happen with Bella. <laughs> It didn't happen to Bella, it didn't happen with Bella, and I'm wondering. Because, like, Bella asks the question. Like, she she brings up sex, kind of very, even that was very demure. Like, um, is that something that maybe we could talk about? And he's like, oh, that's what you're thinking about. Um, (laughs) yes, I know, ill. With them, they're having a much more, which is more, this, okay, so she is still a predator. He is still a child. But all of their conversations are far less toxic and predatory, in my opinion, mm-hmm. than all of Edward and Bella's conversations because Bella, 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 Bella. <laughs> Bella had Edward's conversations were very like insinuating and you know coy, and, right? Like, never direct, right? With them, they're having they have direct conversations, right. and so first of all, she has him wound up. He's wound up, and so she says. Um, she tells him, you know, it's easier now because I've decided that I'm not going to kill you. I hadn't decided in the afternoon. My bad. And he goes, okay, I forgive you. Just casually. Like, Just, yeah, casually. That's the other thing. When Edward told Bella that he was in her house at night, it was so, he's like, he smooth told her that. Mm-hmm. That's not how Edith did it. Yeah. Which is, it's important to me. I think it's important. And so he goes, so there's no possibility now? And she's like, um, mind over matter. And he goes, okay. He goes, sounds easy. She's like, it's not easy. It's Herculean. But it's possible. And so, which I think is important that she tells him, because it's her responsibility. It's completely her responsibility. 
But the idea that that, that kind of like that facade of like this is easy. Yeah, it's not. It puts it puts you at more risk. You're not being careful too, right? Okay. So she tells him follow my lead because it is difficult. Follow my lead. It's important that she tells him that in that way. Yeah. Not like follow my lead because you have to because I'm in control. But she's like, it is very difficult for me, so I need you to take my lead here. Yeah. She does go into manipulation mode when she's like, it's easier because you've been in my head all day, but it's going to be harder once I leave you, even for a fraction of a moment of time. Girl, stop. Stop. Because he's going to be like, I want it to be easy for you always. (laughs) And then one of the weirdest things that she has done to date. (laughs) I'm sorry, Christine. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the weirdest things she's done today. She says, "Can I have a can I have a quilt or a um, a blanket of some sort?" So he gives her this quilt and goes quickly. I, and she tells him, "Cover yourself. I want you to make. I want to make sure you're comfortable because he was still shaking from being mm-hmm. cold, right?" Quickly, I threw the quilt over my shoulders like a cape. She chuckled quietly. Not exactly what I was thinking. She was already on her feet, rearranging the blanket over my legs and pulling it all the way up to my shoulders. Huh? <laughs> Tucking him in for bed. <laughs> Like his mother? I swear, man. <laughs> and he goes, before I could understand what was what she was doing, she had climbed onto my lap again and nestled against my chest. The quote made a barrier between any place that our skin might touch. She was like a cat on him. Yeah. It was weird. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely the, the tucking him in like his mom was the weirdest thing she's yeah. done so far. And then um, she says something. The way that she says it is so different from the, from the way Edward says it that I want to read it real quick. Uh-huh. So she says to him, it's so strange, she said, you read about something, you hear about it in other people's minds, you watch it happen to them, and it doesn't prepare you even in the slightest for experiencing it yourself, the glory of first love. It's, it's more than I was expecting. Here's Edward. She says to him, you seem more optimistic than usual. I haven't seen you like this before. And goes, isn't it supposed to be like this? He <laughs> smiled. The glory of first love and all that. It's incredible, isn't it? The difference between reading about something, seeing it in the pictures, and experiencing it. See it in the pictures. See it in the pictures. <laughs> can you can you imagine what a douchebag? What she says is clear, it's concise, it right. makes sense. He's like, he's so dramatic. He's so dramatic. Edward, number one drama boy. Number one. She says, like, if I, I should just leave you alone. I could just, like, leave the town and come back years later once you're gone and you'll find somebody else. But what she tells him is... That all of these things that she's experiencing, she never experienced before because he hadn't been born yet. I'm sorry. Huh? No, no, don't do not do that. Don't do that. It's weird. <laughs> and then she says, I'm new at this. You're resurrecting the human in me. And everything feels stronger because it's fresh. It's like, baby girl, you need to love yourself. You need to love yourself. It's creepy. It's creepy. And not finding anything because you hadn't been born yet? No, girl. And then he goes, and then he goes, identifying with her, it doesn't seem fair. I haven't had to wait at all. Why do I get off so easily? My man, you could potentially die if things don't end up, if things go wrong. And you want to sit here talking about, oh man, I have it so easy. Um, huh? And that's, that's like the worst case scenario is you could die. The best the case best scenario, scenario is you are with someone who is so far older than you. You're right. a victim, Bo. You're a victim. You're a victim. She's a predator. I mean, come on. And so then she goes, and he says, I can't sleep while you're here. Because that's the other thing, right? Like, this whole idea of, like, pre- pretending that, that Edith has remained a 17-year-old this entire time. Mm-hmm. Then 
you're basically saying that vampires have no growth. But then you say that Jessamine has had le- less experience with denying her thirst than the rest of them where who have developed some sort of like uh, um, tolerance for it. So which one is it? Is it do you have no growth or you do have some growth? Like you know what I'm saying? Like this whole thing, no, you are you're and like you're not seventeen. You're, you're 108. Not. You're 108. You're 108. Girl, just just be real. And so then he goes, I can't sleep while you're here. She says, You have a point. So if you don't want to sleep, what do you want to do then? He says, My boy says, honestly, a lot of things. None of them careful. <laughs> So he says, a feeling of euphoria, of pure bliss, filled my chest until I thought I might explode. I couldn't imagine there was a drug addict in the world who wouldn't trade his favorite fix for this feeling. Can we stop talking? Yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. Can we stop talking about drug addicts? For real, bro. What is your obsession, Stephanie? Seriously. With drug addicts. It's not glamorous. Like, you're sitting here like, oh, they wouldn't give up their favorite fix for this feeling. What's glamorous about drug addiction? You know what I mean? Like the it's way they struggle it's, it's, and like it's, talking about it as if like like if it's no big deal. Also, I think talking about it as this like other like it's also comparing comparing drug addiction with infatuation. That feeling right. that infatuation makes you feel that feeling of euphoria. That's because you're with the girl that you like. That is infatuation. Don't compare it to drug addiction or favorite fix. Favorite fix. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, excuse me? Sorry, we I, I let us glance over the fact that she said, when he asked, like, what did other people bring from their lives? And oh, God. Life, um, she, he, so, Edith says, Kareen brought her compassion. Ernest brought his ability to love passionately. Eleanor brought her strength. Royal his tenacity. Or you could call it pig-headedness. Excuse me. Excuse me. Bruh. Bruh. Edward said the same thing about Rosalie. Mm-hmm. But Edward and Rosalie don't have the history right. that Edith and Royal have. That's it. Presented yeah. without comment. Presented without comment. And then she, she also talks about how Jessamine is very interesting because she used to be quite charismatic in her first life. She could influence people around her. And I'm like, a white woman who could influence <laughs> people around her. Now, okay, influence those around her to see things her way. You know? white women were able to do that back in the day influence crowds to believe them no matter what they said not not many oh oh the one oh the ones who said that black men raped them yes yeah was Jessamine a uh, uh, yeah 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 she was yeah she was now what I will say here is that Edith you're giving her too much credit she doesn't have any sort of ability, or she didn't before, to influence people. She does now because she can influence people's moods. She's a mood disorder. Before, Jessamine was just a white woman who had white woman tears. Mm-hmm. That's, not a, that's not a gift. It's not a gift. It's not a gift. Anyway. Um, anyway. Um, back to... <laughs> back to this. And so, basically... She asked him a very direct question because Bo's like, so, um, you know, these vampires, what, 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 what other things, do they, what other kind of things do they do? And she says, are you asking me about sex, Bo? 
And he goes, yeah, I shouldn't have. <laughs> and then she goes, I did climb into your bed, Bo. I believe that makes the line of inquiry quite understandable. You still don't have to answer. He says, and she says, I told you that you could ask me anything. She's very upfront with him. She says, so in the general sense, sex and vampires 101. We all started out human, Bo. And most of those human desires are still there, just obscured behind more powerful desires. But we're not thirsty all the time, and we tend to form very strong bonds, physical as well as emotional. Royal and Eleanor are just like any human couple who are attracted to each other, by which I mean very, very annoying for those of us who have to live with them, even more so for the one who can read their minds. And now in the specific sense, Sex and Vampires 102, Bo and Edith. I don't think that would be possible for us. He's like, because I would have to get too close, and she's like, no, it's because I could kill you. She's like, I would crush your penis with my <laughs> supernatural walk, is what I'm saying. <gasps> oh my god. No. No. <laughs> that no. is what she's saying, though. She's like, I could kill you. I could be <laughs> reaching out to touch your face, and then I crush your skull. I could kill you if I lost any kind of control at all. And you don't know me. You don't know me when I'm, you don't know me when I'm whopping. All right, I'll stop, I'll stop, I'll stop. <laughs> She's oh, like, your, she... odds are, your odds are better with a vaccine. <laughs> than with me. So he says. Wait, wait, Edith, are you threatening to swell my balls? Sorry, okay. Sorry. God. Okay, 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 okay. And he says to her, he says, this is really weird. If her life were in my hands that way, would I have already killed her? I cringe at the thought. Why did you have the thought? <laughs> Why did you have the thought? Like, Explain yourself. <laughs> Bo's like, I'm a beast. Uh, no, but you are a disgusting boy. Prove it later on. <laughs> when he says... Yep. Um, she basically tells him that she's a virgin. Yeah, he, she tells him he's a virgin. And he goes, I found that I found that I was surprisingly relieved to know that that was, that, that, that was the case. Why? Why? This girl doesn't belong to... Okay. Okay. He's like, phew, I thought, I thought her and Royal for sure. For sure. <laughs> Royal's impotent. He got a vaccine before he... <laughs> before he... <laughs> anyway, Ooh. so... We are joking about recent comments made by... Yes. Famous people. We are. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Anyway, um, so I'm sure I'm sure Edith would have wanted a vaccine before she died of Spanish flu. I don't know. Almost died. I don't know. I feel like it. Kareen probably didn't give her the vaccine because, like, then that, yeah, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. <laughs> it makes your blood impure. It makes your blood impure. That's what happens. That's what happens. And Kareen didn't want to taste empty blood. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was told. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was told by a Facebook group. Oh, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. I was told by a Facebook group and the U.S. Constitution that I have a right to be stupid. Thank you. You do, and I have a right to make fun of you for it. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, that's it for now. The next chapter is going to be meeting the Cullens. And I'm so looking forward to it because there's so much that happened when she met the Cullens in Twilight Bruh. that was so out of pocket Bruh. that if it translates, in, we'll see. We'll see. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Bo to be sitting there as the sparks. Oh, God. Between Royal and Edith are flying. Okay. Can't wait. All right. Can't wait. Okay, bye. Bye.